Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Hello and welcome to another Touchy Gooners podcast. It's your boy Dan Cooks on hosting duty back again. Um, I've had, I think, exactly four weeks off um, for, for 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 reasons that I won't get into right now. But, <laughs> you know, this isn't a live pod, but if it was, you would see the serious bags under my eyes, man. So, you know, I've been, I've been fighting different types of wars in the background, but I'm here back again to give you guys the content that you've been craving, man. So I'm joined today by Shell, my good friend. How are you doing, my man? Yeah, man. All good, brother. All good. Off the vibes of a 6-0. We can't complain, man. Honestly, honestly, life is good, man. And when your whole front five scores on the day that you release an article about Arsenal not being able to attack, <laughs> you know, they, they, they wanted me the hell out of there, man. They wanted me the hell out of there. But... um. Thank you for joining me today, Sean. Um, thanks, listeners, for tuning in. Love and appreciate all of you. If you're not following Touchy Gooners on whatever social media platform you are on, make sure you do that. Um, make sure you like, share, subscribe to any content that we're putting out. It really, really does help the podcast um, and it helps us to put out more and more Wonderful content that we all know you love and enjoy. But let's get straight into it, right? So two games I think we've played since um, the last pod. So there was the Brentford um, away in the league where we won 1-0 last-minute goal from Kai Havertz. And uh, then almost the complete opposite uh, type of game um, in the 6-0 against Lons in the Champions League, which now qualified us as top of the group and I should mention the Brentford game put us squarely um, no joint top squarely at the top by one point of the Premier League as well so we're going into December in a good position so you know I want to talk about the Brentford game um, very briefly because you know I did put out an article this week about Arsenal's attack and I think the contrast of both of these games really really um, showcase is one of the points that I wanted to make around how we're attacking, how we're looking going forward, because I think, you know, there's been lots of talk about other things, you know, sort of peripheral things, VAR, refereeing decisions, um, Kai Havertz, uh, they talk about the goalkeeping situation, they talk about the DM situation, Thomas Partey, this and the other, that I've really kind of distracted from how we're actually performing on the pitch. You know, I think Match of the Day did quite a nice little segment. We saw Carragher talk about it as well, Monday Night Football. And I think it's probably gone under the radar, sort of 
how well we've done defensively and then potentially what that might have meant for our uh, attack as a result. So, Sharon, I'll invite you to start, right, because, you know, I think Brentford gave us a very good example of how teams have really been setting up to play um, against us, right? And I think it was yourself that clicked up Mikel Arteta's comments um, and posted that to the account around, you know, what he's talking about around game state, how teams are playing, how teams aren't really allowing us certain spaces to play into. Um, so how do you feel about that Brentford performance um, specifically? I, I couldn't take in isolation that Brentford performance because Brentford generally, they're a nasty team to play against. They they don't give you much. They really don't let you through central areas. Remember the home game last season, even like we struggled, we really, really struggled to get through them. So I think Brentford as a team, and I said I said it a couple of days before. I said, I know this is going to be a tricky game. And it's also it was also off the back of international. So obviously players have come back. Not all of them are fresh. Maybe some, you know, you know, some players after internationals, it takes them a few games to get their rhythm back. Um, so uh, for me, it was just important to win, especially on a day when City and Liverpool drew. Uh, we had to take advantage. So that was the most important thing for me. When we look wider at the wider point, yes, um, I, you know, Arteta spoken about game state. Um, scoring in the first 20 minutes. I think it was Sam Dean who tweeted an article from The Telegraph which said, I think Arsenal scored roughly about 22% of their goals last season within the first 20 minutes of games. So obviously that naturally can always alter game states, right? Because once you score so early, teams are forced to come out, teams are forced to adapt and change their game plan. And this season, I, I can't remember what the number was, but it's, it's really, really low down essentially. So we haven't scored within the first 20 minutes of a lot of games this season. So it, you know, teams can tend to get even more comfortable within that shell, within their shape. And, you know, even, even us, we might start running out of ideas after a while. So I think the onus is on us to be a bit more creative in how we look to break down these low blocks. So, you know, we've spoken before about the third man runs off the ball, the half space crossing. Look at that's That's where the Havertz winner came from. Um, I think that's a really important avenue to start using. You know, you look at City and Liverpool, I've lost count of how many times they've mashed work from spamming half-space crosses over the years. So I think it's really an important tool that we can add to our repertoire. Like I said, Havertz used that to score against uh, Brentford. I think that's what led to the first goal against Lons yesterday, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it did, uh, from a Tomiyasu cross and Jesus won it. So it's important because it, it's... Uh, one thing I've noticed as well is that we're, we're starting to overload like the back post wherever the cross is coming in from the other the other side. It should be overloaded with two, three guys as well to give us a bit of a numerical advantage. So yeah, for me, half space crossing, um, third man runs, um, it's important, um, and and maybe more familiarity, I guess, because one thing which I didn't know, Dan, was that yesterday was the first time the front five of Martinelli, Havertz, Jesus, Erdogan, Saka have all started a game together. I didn't realise that they've they've not all started at the same time in a game this season. And, and maybe, obviously, that's what we've envisaged would have been Arteta's first choice five um, at the start of the season. So that, that that could be something to watch, you know, to see if they can form more chemistry. Obviously, we haven't seen Havertz um, with Jesus a lot, actually, which is interesting. They haven't started. It's been like more Havertz and Eddie or Havertz, you, you know. So one to watch, one to watch. I think as, as the season evolves, yeah. I think, I think that's a really good point, you know, around the relationships because... Um, Really, when you looked at how well last season went, it was all about those relationships. You know, if you looked all around the pitch, there were little triangles, little trios, little quartets that would operate very well together. Um, and that, you know, always gave you these automatic synergies across the pitch. So you look on the right-hand side of the pitch, 
Saka, Odegaard, Ben White. That was the trio that, you know, they were moving around. Ben White would underlap, Ben White would overlap. Odegaard would overlap, Odegaard would underlap. Um, Saka would move inside, you know, Saka would go on the outside and that kind of thing. And then on the left, you very much had Xhaka, Zinchenko, Jesus, Martinelli as a four. And those four would rotate all over the gap, right? The front two would rotate, Jesus out to the left, Martinelli inside, um, or Jesus would come deeper. Xhaka would then make the run in behind Martinelli still out on the left, or you know, Xhaka goes out on the left um, and, and puts in a, a half face half face cross, and someone's there for the cop for the cutback, right? And you know, you can think of so many goals that we scored which involved that movement between the front five and rotating positions. And you know, when you sort of take certain players out, you sort of lose that you know, automatic, that relationship that players have with each other, right? And, you know, I think to some extent Havertz is not necessarily the best playing with Martinelli. I don't think he's super comfortable out on the left. But then, as you said, we've not seen Havertz, Martinelli, Jesus start together in a game, right? So when Jesus drops deeper, well, Havertz is actually now comfortable pushing um, and running on, running in beyond, you know, Um or, you know, uh, when Jesus drops wide, you know, Havertz can come play off of him, you know, the two strikers playing off, off of each other. And that is Martinelli central, you know, and you look at where these guys all scored their goals from. Um, that Saka was in the middle of the goal when he got his his his, his finish against Lons from the rebound. Um, Havertz was in the middle of the goal from Jesus picking a ball out on the left. Um, and Martinelli made that sort of out-to-in run quality pass from Tomiyasu, whether he meant it or not, um, you know, makes his run uh, from out to in and slots it from inside the box as well. So, you know, I look and, at and this, er- Erdogan Erdogan in the middle of the goal, in the middle of the goal arriving late, you know, mm-hmm. these kind of things. So, you know, I'm very hopeful that with players coming back now fit and us seeing more of these um, I guess maybe closer to what Arteta envisaged with these signings, that we can see some of these relationships really, really blossom. Um, and that will allow us to pick apart some of these low blocks because, you know, I think that Lons game immediately after the Brentford game is so funny because, you know, when you did put out that video, a lot of people were saying, oh, it's still an Arsenal problem. We need to, we need to make sure that we do better, do more. And whilst I agree, there is obviously always improvements that you can do. I think you just have to look at the quality of these guys, right? There is a reason why, you know, Saka, Martinelli are getting doubled up on every week. There is a reason why, you know, teams are trying to shuffle us wide and keep us out of central spaces because Lons, they came to play. Sevilla, they came to play. PSV, they came to play. And they all got popped off the park. You know, they all got popped off the park. You look at Bournemouth as well in the league. They tried to press us high. That's probably one of the best in-possession performances that we've put up in the league this season. And it's because we have the quality to really play through these teams. The wide players have the quality. And Gabriel Jesus, when he plays like that, he's got the quality to cause a threat down the middle as well. So, you know, I'm hoping he's had his operation. He's, you know, come back. He's, you know, fixed any sort of niggles that he's had in his knee and hopefully he can come back and be, you know, the Gabriel Jesus that we saw at the start of last season, because that guy is a top, top player, a top, top player. And he's somewhat almost unplayable when he's at the peak of his power. So, you know, I think we saw a glimpse of that against Lons and, you know, now it's time to cook. You know I'm saying? 
I'm sorry, Gary O'Neill, I like you as a manager, but, you know, you might have to hold a little something on a Saturday and I hate it had to be you. You know, I hate it had to be you. So, you know, let's talk about some individual performances, though, because I do think we should touch on Kai Havertz. We're getting added on the account um, heavy by a few listeners. They ask questions. We like the interaction, guys. We like the interaction. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to tussle with us on a TL, it's always welcome. You know, uh, we're, we're we're not ones to to hide our opinions or anything like that. And we don't want you to hide your opinions either. So, you know, you have got a question, you have got a problem, you've got something you agree with. Make sure you let us know, man. Make sure because that shows, you know, that we're 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 sparking conversations. We're sparking um, interest there. So that's always welcome. So. I do want to give Kai Havertz some praise, personally, because, you know, two goals in two now, and I think they're two kind of similar goals, ghosting into the space, um, you know, and, and and really finishing sort of first time uh, kind of thing. The first one from, I think, a pinpoint sack across, excellent cross to the back post. That's sort of what we kind of were expecting from Havertz um, uh, this, this season, I think, with that signing. Um, and we've not really seen much of that. And then the second one, Again, I think more of what we're expecting him sort of making those late runs, ghosting into the box and being able to pick up uh, potential rebounds or being found by teammates. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm touching wood, hoping this means that he's turned the corner a little bit. You know, I don't think that penalty against Bournemouth did much for his confidence or anything like that. But I'm seeing him trying a little jinky-majinky against London. I'm thinking, OK, fine. You know, maybe we're maybe we're trying to, trying to eke some personality out of you on the football pitch. Um, so so how do you feel about Havertz after those last couple of games? Uh, I, I, t- I tweeted earlier today, I said, I think for me, this was the first game I can objectively say that I actually thought he played well since the Community Shield. And it's not just, you know, people gassing up uh, him winning jewels, but I thought, obviously, he showed that he could be a threat. There was like, he kept ghosting in, um, the runs off the ball. Um, you know, he was the one who set, uh, he set, Martinelli up which led to Saka's goal um there was some a bit more positive ball carrying a bit more personality you know you referenced a bit in the second half where he turned someone inside out I'm like okay you're showing me some personality showing me some presence do you know what I mean taking a bit more responsibility for me it's about bravery if he becomes shows a bit more bravery uh, you might be able to get me on board do you know what I mean so we saw the potential green shoots of recovery obviously from a low bar um but yeah I'd like to see just a bit more bravery consistency um, and just personality, do you know what I mean? So, because I'll be real, the fans want to get behind him, do you know what I mean? But it's up to you to to give us the green shoots for us to support as well. So, like you said, hopefully that's two goals in two games now. Hopefully you can use this as a bit of a momentum booster, man. So, you know, I still have my doubts. I still have my concerns. But put it this way, I'm always open to being wrong. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be right. Like, I have, I, I've formed my opinion on Kai Habits, but... I hope I can he can shove them down my throat. Pause. Do you know what I mean? So like, I just wanna, I want him to to show like his level, man. So, fingers crossed. Um, good last two games, especially yesterday, and uh, hopefully he can kick on from here, man. Mm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, you know, I do, um, yeah, hope he, he he is able to kick on because, you know, for me, I think it's very important, right, Sean? Like you mentioned earlier, that half space cross is super key to breaking down those those low blocks, right? So, you know, if you look at the teams, the two teams that have dominated the Premier League um, for the past sort of four or five years, um, and you look at their main weapons um, of attack, I look at, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, obviously, um, 
as as being City's main creative weapon. But you know that the, the the attack that they had sort of pre Haaland, um, you saw that Sterling and Starnik Sane Axis. You have those two speedy, pacey, dynamic wingers, and then you also had that central threat of Kevin De Bruyne as well, right? And then you look at um, Liverpool. Uh, you have those speedy, pacey, dynamic wingers in Salah and Mane, um, probably playing more as inside forwards. And then you had the deliveries of Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold, right? And, you know, even though you'd say for me, no, Salah Mane are not necessarily the, the best in the air, they made those crosses count, right, against these teams that tried to pack the box and force them out wide. And they say, well, if you force us out wide and force us into these, you know, sort of half spaces, we can deliver a pinpoint cross um, that takes out your centre-backs. And I think, you know, we've done the first part and we showed that first part last season with, you know, the dynamic wingers, quality wing play. And that second part is where we haven't necessarily, you know, added that threat that if you have someone in that half space or you have someone in the wide position, can we whip in? a very, you know, intricate, dangerous ball um, for someone to attack. Because you look at Brentford, mate, that is a big, big side defensively, you know. Um, Ethan Pinnock, I really like that defender, you know, old school, 30 years old, playing for Jamaica, um, you know, steak and chips yeah, type defender. That If the ball comes in anywhere near his vicinity, his head is he's heading it like a brick, you know. You got Ben Me, that's there. Um, no nonsense, and I forget the the name of their other. Um, I think it's Christopher Ayer as well that they've got at the back there. You know, these are meat and drink defenders that you know. If you play anything, you know, sort of in and around them, they're going to try bully boy you. They're going to try head anything. They're going to try clear things uh, away. And so you know, you need to create those overloads in the box where you take people. Um, and, and take take those defenders away and, you know, deliver to an area where we can be dangerous. And I do think in, you know, these games, that half space cross is something that we have been, you know, missing quite a bit. You know, I think Odegaard, um, he's got a bit more of a, you know, sort of floaty delivery rather than, you know, a whipped one. Um, I think Xhaka had quite a good one. Zinchenko's got quite a good one. And we saw that in the Brentford match as well. Um, where Zinchenko had a couple of those crosses, Trossard could have done better, Martinelli could have done better, um, etc. And I think, you know, that is going to be a key weapon for us going forward if um, teams do deploy this tactic of, uh, of sitting deeper. So, you know, I do want to talk about um, Declan Rice as well in the middle because I think he has... Um, Garnered some praise um, so far this season. I see lots of talk on the TL about um, £105 million midfielders, this and the other. So where do you um, stand on Declan Rice at the moment, right? We've had conversations previously about him developing as a six and as an as an eight. He's played a, a run of games with Jorginho starting next to him. I think the last couple of games he started as the six and we've looked, you know, decent. I think he got man of the match against... Um, did he get mad in the match against Brentford? I think he might have. He did, yeah. Um, and then I think against Lons, different type of performance, but still a very good performance. So, you know, just how do you feel about him? You know, uh, right now, uh, uh, bro, this guy's changed my life, man. 
Do you know what I mean? He's <laughs> or, or, he's re- legit changed my life. He's like minimum, like he doesn't drop below like a seven out of ten. And I say that because defensively, the guy is an animal. Like he just eats up everything in transition. I don't know. There was a moment where, like yesterday, where he won a tackle, then they intercepted it. Then he just won the next tackle again. I'm like, this guy is just literally. He is a ball recovery magnet. Like he just wins. Every 50-50, I think I tweeted after the game, I said, like, it just reminds me, I'm not saying that he is, like he said, his ability to win the ball back reminds me of how, like, Vieira was just, like, almost every 50-50, like, or duel, even if it's, like, 70-30 or 80-20 against him, like, you feel like he could come out on top. And and that just allows you, you know, when we talk about sustaining pressure, um, the ability to, you know, the, the gigan press as well. So the ability to recover very quickly and then relaunch attacks and, and, and counter as well. So I, I think, yeah, he's amazing. Like I said, um, I, I think obviously still for me, an area of development would be just the the quickness of the passing. I think I think he could at times speed up the tempo. Obviously, I think he puts his foot on the ball a lot more than party. He's a bit more of a controller, goes side to side, side to side. But sometimes it's about... Um, just a quick turn received through the lines that like, I'd love to see what his passing combinations to Erdogan are, how many he, he he does per game. That would be interesting to see from a from a metric standpoint. So um so one to watch. But but this is me me nitpicking generally here. Like I said, I think he's been a fantastic influence. Obviously the influence is different, but I still think it's good. I still think it's very, very good in fact. So um I think he's been great and I think Right now, what we're talking about, I was really happy that Arteta subbed him. Yesterday, I was like legit really, really happy because with what we don't know when parties next going to be available, I think it's fantastic that this guy is legit just fit. Do you know what I mean? So we need to protect him where we can. Like people talk about, ah, oh, Rice covers all this ground, all this ground. But if we don't need to use him, don't use him. Do you know what I mean? Games where we can afford to just like let him have a bit of a rest, let him have a bit of a rest because we've got seven games in December. We saw that tweet Um He's going to play all seven, fitness permitting, do you know what I mean? So we need him fit and firing. So in games where there are dead rubbers that he doesn't need to play, get him off, man. So um, big him up and, and long may it continue. Mm. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. So, you know, let's move on to the guy um, that is playing number nine, right, for us, because I'm, I'm racking my brains, right, because I'm looking at this, I'm seeing Opta drop... You know, goals and assist stats for Gabriel Jesus. I see, you know, minutes per goal and assist in the Premier League. He's like top 15 players ever or something like that. And then I see man get the header from a sacker across just before halftime. My man misses. And he's the king of BCMs. But then Champions League, I'm seeing this guy chop man and slots with ease. Right, so you know, one of the things that I thought was quite poignant from sort of looking at the numbers from last season is that between Jesus and Eddie, we created a lot of XG for our striker last season. I think it was like 24 point something on penalty XG, it went above 25 when you include penalties. I think Jesus took one penalty, and you compare that to Man City, it was like 27 or something XG for Haaland. Uh, Tottenham, it was like 23 XG for Harry Kane, you know, and then man turned that into, I think it was 27 or 28 non-penalty goals for Haaland and 24 non-penalty goals for Harry Kane. But our strikers, we got 14 goals, man. you know, so that's like 
10 goals that we've left on the pitch underperforming XG for our, from our number nines. And so one of the things that I said in the conversation was that, you know, if we are facing these deeper and deeper blocks, we're going to need someone who is a bit more clinical because chances are fewer and far, far, far further between to, for us to create as they have been in open play this season. You know, way down, I think all the stats are going around 11th, open play, um, XG created and all of this stuff. Da, 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 da. We're going to need someone who can actually slot some of these chances away because otherwise you're turning games like we were, you know, maybe three seasons ago. Um, for for, for as, as these games are tight margins, and if you're not slotting and taking away your opportunities, then other teams have the opportunity to go up the other end and, and really cause you damage, you know, and scrap a one nil. And we saw in the Brentford game especially um, that they, you know, a couple of mistakes. And they could have they could have been one nil, and that would have made it a much much harder game for us. Even and and we saw how hard it was at nil nil, you know. And so with Jesus, where do you stand um, on him? Because in the Champions League, he's shown us that he can finish. You know, I look at all of the goals he scored in the Champions League so far this season, starting at TSV, crossside cross, excellent first touch, dispatched, blasted it, laces, side netting, second goal. Um, Lons played Saka played it into him, shifts it past one defender, shifts it to his right foot, dispatch bottom left corner. Um, Sevilla picks it up on the right, gives someone a jinky, dispatches it, curled far post. Look at this finish, sits my man down, shifts onto his right, dispatch bottom corner. And I'm saying, my man, where is this in the Prem? Yeah, where is this level of composure and this level of finishing in the Prem? Because I'm looking at it in the Tottenham match. You've tackled James Madison, edge of the box. Why have you now decided that you need to burst the net? Where's the chop? You know, where's the chop? I need the chop. You know, so it's, it's it can be quite frustrating because you see him at his best and then sometimes you see him at his worst. And it just wrecks my brain that there can be such a big disparity. So, you know, where do we go from here? He's, he's incredibly frustrating because when you see someone of that level of ability, like you said, in the Champions League, he's got four and four, but he's only got one goal in like, what, eight, nine in the Prem. And it's, it's not... It's not making sense, like you said. The way the level is—it's actually the level at which he underperforms his XG in the Prem as well—is crazy. So, um, I don't really know what to say. Like, and and unfortunately, I tried to fight it for a while, saying, "Oh, I think he can improve over time." But I think it, it comes to a point where you're like, "This is just what he is," and it's a shame because I think he's a sick player and he does a lot of facilitation. Like when we're fluid and when we play at our best I think it's because a lot of it is because of him and, and how he knits a lot of things together as well but yeah unfortunately like you said especially in these low block games where you know maybe chances aren't aren't coming as consistent my guy I'm going to need you to put the ball in the net they're very few and far between so yeah man this is you know he's going to have the season to, to so let's, let's see what he can get hopefully like you said he stays fit but yeah I mean you, we've seen the links with Osimhen this week so my guy, you might be, you might have to start getting in those wing shifts if if we don't start seeing an improvement in the production. So it's a real shame because I really like him and I think he's a sick player. But you can't get past the point that he's just not a reliable goal scorer. And and, and where we're at and what we're con competing against, we need reliability in front of goal. Um, yeah. So it is what it is, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and before we head on to listeners' questions, I do want to talk about sort of two partnerships in the team that I want to give praise to. Um, actually, well, before I do that, um, one player that I do want to give praise to, they said that there's actually conversations around 
Takeira Tomiyasu renewing his contract. And I think, you know, um, I welcome that if he can prove that he can stay fit this season, right? Because I think, you know, I don't think anyone has ever questioned his real ability and contribution to the team. I think when he first signed that first six months or so before he got injured around January time, um, he was really good. You know, looked like a super reliable lockdown defender on the right. On the right, uh, maybe at times you thought he could be doing a little bit more going forward, but I think he's been a very, very reliable performer when he's been fit. And the main, the main concerns around him, um, around his fitness. And I think this season, you know, I think it's interesting when you hear him uh, talk. I think there was an interview that he did earlier this season. He said, you know, last season he lost his mother, um, and then you see the way that he sort of. I guess, bounce back from that um, to really churn out some top-level performances for me this season, wherever he's been deployed. You know, so I think, you know, we played him at left-back, he's done a job. We played him centre-back, I think he was man of the match against Brentford away. You know, we played him right-back now, he's putting in performances um, like that against Lenz um, last night. Two, I think, excellent assists. I mean, the first one, probably a bit of luck um, that, you know, I think he is, you know, I think I saw your tweet, right? It's like, Epic Martinelli's out there somewhere, and Martinelli turns that into a goal. But then the second one I thought was amazing work, you know, really, really busting a gut to make sure he joins up with the attack, provide that overlap. Um, the ball came to him on the overlap, and he delivered a, a quality uh, a cross for Odegaard to finish first time. So I do want to give him some praise for how he's played this season. I think he's doing um, a great job. Long may it continue. I don't want to see this guy back on the injury table at all. Um, so I'll let you add anything on Tommy Asu if you, if you do want to. Yeah, there's not much to add apart from I agree with you. I think I think the main thing for him is just to stay fit. That's that's why, like you know, those have been my issues. I, I tweeted earlier. I said I would have liked maybe to have waited a bit, you know, for just for him to prove his fitness. I don't really have, like I said, I don't think anyone's got an issue with Tommy Asu as the player. And I, and I think for me, similar, unfortunately, to Timber, who's now injured, having someone who can literally play centre back and both full back positions, like that's just a Swiss Army knife player, you know. And we talk about last season how it collapsed with. Saliba injury, it would never have collapsed if Tommy Asu didn't get injured in the same game, and and that's the that's the stark reality of what we had to deal with. So it's really good to have him fit, um, and I think he's very much been a beneficiary of that Timber injury because I'm not sure how many consistent minutes he would have seen had Timber not got injured. So it's great that he's taken his chance, and I think yeah, um, supposedly there's a lot of interest from Bayern. I think I saw so. Um, at 25, I think I think it's good to get him tied up as well. So mm. even if he's not always a starter, I think he's always showing and he's always proved to be a reliable squad option when necessary. So I can't yeah. complain like that. Yeah, 25 is a good age, man. It's a good age. It's like these guys coming into their prime years. It's time for them to, you know, start start earning some medals, man, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, uh, the other two partnerships that I did want to touch on, um, so obviously our wing pairing, um, I thought they were superb against Lons. Um Brentford Saka delivers those two moments of quality that really probably should have been a goal. Um, end of the both halves, really. The the first for Jesus, second um, for Havertz, obviously. And then Martinelli, I think he's really taken to both of these guys. To be honest, are really taken to the Champions League like ducks to water. You know, I know Saka's the one that's been dominating um, the headlines, breaking his records, goals and assists, first three home games, all of this. Um, first one to do it in his first three games and all of this stuff. And it's, it's beautiful to see because 
you know, they've been saying, oh, wait for him to touch Champions League. And, you know, now they're saying, oh, it's just the group stage, this and the other. Okay, well, fine. Why aren't your players breaking these group stage records themselves? You know, why, why like, when, when it comes to the, the knockouts, um, I'm sure they're going to find another reason um, to, to downplay him. And you look at Martinelli on the other side, maybe not quite catching the headlines, but he's got a goal involvement in every uh, one of his Champions League appearances so far this season. You know, this is a guy who I thought would be a major, major weapon for us in the Champions League when you think about the type of player he is, his ability to have that transitional threat, quality finisher and a superb finish again um, against Lons. And for me, that we just need to get him into more of those scoring opportunities to let him do his do his damage. But, you know, I think both of them are stupendous players, man. So um, anything you want to add on those two? And then I'll talk about our centre-backs. Nah, nothing, nothing, nothing. I, I think, I think it's just normal. Like, and you can just see once these guys don't get doubled up on, it's cash money, man. They're ready to mm. crash it on whoever, man. So, um, again, coming back to the point, it's important when we start in the league games. If we can get a goal in the first twenty minutes, it makes it a lot easier for us to play. So, mm. so yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. So, um, finally, yeah, let's talk on the centre backs before we move on to the listeners' questions because for me. These two, they might be the best in the business right now, to be honest. They might be the best in the business. I'm seeing some scary highlights from Diaz and Kanji or whoever who was his partner the other day. Diaz getting cooked on the halfway line. Uh, my man running, uh, Openda running and, and, and scoring some stuff. Um, that ain't happening to my centre-backs. I know why he tried to give Saliba some couple steps yet, but Saliba recovered, man. He, he, he went nowhere. So, you know, I'm not... Man want to count that. Man want to try cook, but I'm not going to count that. And you know, I think back to the Brentford game. Um, I think Arsenal are the only team to stop Brentford from scoring at home um, since we played twice. them last. You know, twice. So you know, you took something like twenty-three games. Um, Actually, where, three times. Sorry, because the oh, cup yeah, as well in, in League Cup as well. So you know, this is not a team that you shut out easily. Mm. And these men didn't get a sniff. You know, and I think both of our centre-backs have really, really, really stood up this season. You know, I think Saliba is getting a lot of applauded, but I think Gabriel is right up there with him. Um, I see all these weird scouts, Brazilians. So they're out talking them, man, they're trying to talk on Just weird weirdos, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolute weirdos trying to start agendas on every Arsenal player. Um over the international break, but you know, I don't. The care. thing is, the thing is, yeah, these guys are still asking for Gabriel Barbosa to be getting call ups in 2023, man. So I'm not, I'm not trying to hear what they got to say, man. Listen, they're getting cooked left, right, and center. So you better look at look, 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 look within yourselves, boy. Honestly, I'm seeing guys say, you know, Anthony um, is one of the best right wing talents in the world, and all of this stuff. And on the other hand, you're trying to cook my my Gabby's, yeah? I can't stand for it, man. I can't stand for it. So, you know, I think those two definitely deserve um, a mention. I think they we, we saw Saliba's win ratio in an Arsenal shirt in the league come out this week. Um, I think that's even higher now because it's, gonna, it, it's 41 games, um, 31 uh, wins, you know? Um, and that's just, that's superb stuff, you know? That's really, really superb stuff. Um, and long may it continue. I think that is a partnership we really, really rely a lot on playing this high line. Gabriel covering a lot of that left-hand side for Zinchenko as well. Um, you know, against all kinds of forwards. And I think they're doing a bang up, bang up, bang up, bang up job. So always want to, you know, shout them out and give them the praise that they so heavily 
deserve. So let's step on to the listeners' questions. Um, and we will start with SOS HGN. And he says, has this week shown we're beginning to find Havertz more in the box? Two goals and another good finish against Longs. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if it's... Uh, yeah, possibly, because the criticism we've had is that we haven't been flinging in half-space crosses. Um, and, you know, we spoke about how both of Havertz's goals in pre-season came pretty much from that as well. So it, it's a bit of a surprise we haven't tried to hammer that sort of thing home more. Like, Saka to Havertz feels like it should begin to be something that becomes a bit more cash money, right? Um like I said, Havertz is the biggest player on the pitch, bro. Like he's literally, he's legit the tallest player on the pitch. So I, I'd, it would be, I, I feel like, you know, Saka. If you remember the one Saka got for Trossard against Chelsea, I feel like that should be like a consistent theme to Havertz. Like that, that could be like you know, like KDB to Sterling. That's what I feel like. It hopefully it could become. That could be one of those combinations going forward. So uh, to answer the question, hopefully, hopefully, because it's it's a it's a tool we should be using more for sure. Because he actually nearly scored another one. If I'm yeah, yesterday Tomiyasu crossed and he actually had a good header before he scored that went, I think, just wide as well. So um, so hopefully it is a case of they're finding him and he's adapting more to the team. And, you know, it leads to it leads to what we want it to lead to, man. Yeah, fingers, fingers crossed, man, because, you know, as we said at the top, hopefully it's relationships, you know. Hopefully, you know, we get more people working with each other, knowing when uh, someone's going to move, knowing when um, someone's going to be in a different space that they can get into, and also knowing each other's strengths. So... You know, I think one of the most documented things that is that Havertz is good in the air, you know, and we've not been flinging crosses to to this guy. You know, it was one of those things that when we used to have uh, Giroud on and we didn't cross once, everything was, you know, low. And then yeah, we take low, him yeah. off and then we, and then start, we start crossing the ball. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. what's going on here? You know, so, you know, hopefully um, it's something that we can try and exploit. And if teams, you know, maybe decide to try and, you know, start marking Havertz, that can create more space for... Um, our other guys because you know part of the thing um, at the moment is that you know they're doubling up on our wingers right and so those guys centrally need to carry some threat because it, then if those guys centrally start carrying threat they attract players towards them it creates more space so you know we need to have that central threat so hopefully Havertz can be you know one of those guys um so Lacastina he says how many of the big teams in UCL can we go machine for machine with uh, it'd probably be best to say the teams I, I would fear the most if yeah. we came up against them. Man City, for obvious reasons, not much else needs to be said. They're the best team. Real Madrid, you can't get past that Champions League heritage, man. Them guys are something else, bro. I don't know what it is about this competition, but their managers peak. And Bayern, partly because of PTSD, partly because of Kane, and they're just a good team. So yeah, I think I think those three. I would be wary of most. I've seen Barca. They don't scare me this season, but I'm, I'm not. Inter could be tricky. They're a bit of an awkward team. I feel like Napoli are way off the level that they were last season, so I wouldn't be shocked to play them. And everyone else, you can bring them. I feel yeah. like everyone, everyone else, you can bring them. I feel like we are very much suited to this competition. I think the slower pace, there's a bit more space. We're very defensively rigid. Like we don't give any away anything centrally. I think we could even get even better if party gets fit. And you know, you know, for those tough away games, you just have party and rice. I feel like that's just a lockdown midfield. Mm. Um mm. so yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, I think I, I completely agree with your analysis there, to be honest. I think Man City and Madrid, I ain't trying to see them, man. Mm. And I think if you see the names at Bayern, so I think Bayern might be getting Palina in January. That's what they really miss like, at the moment. Like, they miss a six, like a proper. You could see why. Because, look, they tried for Rice. I think they tried for everyone basically in the summer to yeah. as a six. So, yeah, they need that. Yeah. So, I think um, if they get that Palina, I think he, he he brings them up a level and I wouldn't mm. fear them more. But if they don't get that six, we, we might need to give Bayern a taste of our medicine a little bit, you know. So, yeah. um, it's interesting. It's interesting because I, I do think in the Champions League, stars make fights. Mm-hmm. You know, Madrid, we'd never really play Madrid. You know, it was always yeah, we Barcelona. Went, it was always we've only Barcelona. played them in that one time. We beat them. So, yeah. but other than that, we, we we actually legit never play. Yeah, it's always Barca we get. So, but I feel like, yeah. I feel like yeah. our style probably now, we probably match up well against like a Barca. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd feel like we'd match up well with them. And a team, a team like PSG, super oh, interesting that tie, right? <sighs> if they make it through, um, it would be very interesting just to see how that would play out because I think Mbappe factor is political peak. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah political yeah, peak. Yeah. But you know, and, and the thing is, damage as well. And and do you know what it is with PSG? Yeah, they would come correct for a game like us. They wouldn't mm. be doing all of this shakara they're doing in the group mm. stages now. I feel like they they they'd be proper. But yeah, PSG are very erratic because you don't know what you could get from them on any given day. They could blame you, but you could blame them. So yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So um, it's interesting. I'm not going to lie. Give me an easy team. I'm not trying to yeah, see yeah, these yeah, hard yeah, teams. Yeah. I'm not. Really? I'm, I'm trying to get like a Porto in the lower end of last 16, bro. Yeah, it, it might be nice to see, you know, if we obviously, if we win, but my guy, you know that United run where they got like Schalke, yeah, yeah, yeah. Benavache or something like that to I the final? That, Give me that, man. Give me that. That's that. what I'm trying to that. see, man. That's what I'm trying to see. So, um, still digs. He asked, Arsenal are playing as elegant as last year. Do you think that's down to absence of party? Or do you think we have just changed to be able to get through the grit? I think it's a mix of things, but we touched on it. It's just obviously, but I think the biggest thing is the factor is just the teams have adapted to us. Do you know what I mean? So teams teams are, are literally giving Arsenal zero space. So it comes back to Arteta's point about we need to be quicker off the blocks maybe. Um, and, and like I said, vary our, our approach play. Because right now, teams are just generally not trying to play. It, the fact of the matter is in the... Uh, the Champions League teams are still they're not respecting us like, to, mm. to that level do you know what I mean so yeah. they're trying to go machine for machine with us but ain't nobody trying to go machine for machine with us in the Premier League so yeah. it's leading to a lot of these it's boring and do you know what at first I, I used to think like I was but when Arteta said it I was like do you know what it makes sense like you can't be fluent against someone who doesn't want to play you do you know what I mean so mm. it's gonna be a bit stodgy like until like you get like until you get the goal and force them out, do you know what I mean? So yeah, hundred percent. And I do think you know if you like if you think about it, teams are you know you know I know people say oh the quality is dipping this and the other, but I think teams are better and better coached regardless yeah, of yeah. what you think. Tactically, of, definitely. You know the quality of the players they have, and you know when the team sets up to stop you, and they have some quality players in there, it can be a slog. You know it can be a real slog, and we saw that. Even when the quality wasn't um, as high as they said, Sam Allardyce, and Tony Pulis, when they used to come up against Prime Banger Ball, we used to hate going to them grounds, man. You know, I'm seeing JJ Kocha do a madness to Sol Campbell. Um, I'm seeing, you know, what's his the, the, the bald Greek guy, Stelios Janakopoulos. Stelios, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
That guy used to dunk on us. Serious. So it was, it was awful. So, you know, L has due for them, man. So, you know, I think um, breaking down a deep block is probably one of the hardest things to do, which is why, you know, Pep Guardiola is always finding new solutions um, every year uh, because teams keep evolving. So, you know, I do think party helps. Um, but, you know, I think given his unavailability, you know, the manager's right to, you know, try and develop ways of playing without him. Um, and so, you know, I, I do think we will improve uh, for some of the reasons that we said on this podcast. I think, you know, relationships, new signings bedding in, players just generally playing better. I think play, people like Martin Odegaard, etc. Um, he's not been anywhere near the form that we saw last season. I think he is on six goals or comps um, regardless, you know, uh, three in the Prem, three in the Champions League. Um, well, yeah, I think that's right. Um, and and he's not really hit any sort of form, you know, and I think he's too good to, for that to last over the whole whole course of the season. I'm expecting, you know, an upturn there. And if he's playing well, if Havertz is finally getting on the end of things, Gabriel Jesus is back to his best, I think it'll be very difficult for teams to, you know, last the full 90s playing that way and playing deep against us. So, um, so yeah, one to watch. Um, FSHR, he says, assuming party doesn't come back to play meaningful minutes this season, do you think this terrible we're playing against low block blocks will be enough for silverware? Mm, if the central players step up more, you know, I think a lot of the onus is on them to give us new solutions. Like we said, we've spoken about the doubling up um, but as a team, like I said, we just have to find a different way. So if we're getting those third man runs like we spoke about with Fabio Vieira away to Wolves last season or the half space crosses to get Havertz on the end or Jesus is there to do a bit of jinky majinky, um, those are the options, do you know what I mean? So it's just about having a bit more diversity. So time, time, time will be the teller. But so far, we've lost one game of which we got screwed over by a refing, really. So... Do you know what I mean? And we played all the tough games apart from maybe you could say Liverpool and Villa so far. So so let's see, man. Let's see. Like we're in a decent position. Um, but I think the next month, because we have seven league games in December, where we come out after December, if we're like, you know, just say for example, if we got 21 points, if you won every single league game, you're looking very healthy at 51 points going into the second half of the season. So so let's see where we are. Mm, yeah. Um so H-A-F-T-B-L. He says, yeah, good account, that good account, good follow. Um, he says, how far do you think we can go in the UCL this year? Yeah, I I think it's um it's it's dependent. It's luck of the draw, right? Yeah, the the Champions League can be so hard to predict because a lot of it, like you said, it can depend on the draw you get. It can depend on the momentum you have, the time of year. Could depend on refereeing decisions. It could be having key players fit at the right time. Do you know what I mean? So having those players that into the running, they're available. Do you know what I mean? So you want to have all of these guys fit and firing going into the running, like God forbid, like Declan Rice is not available at this point. Like, do you know what I mean? So you want, so, so there's, there's so many numerous factors that play into it. But if you told me that we were to have like party and rice going into most of the big games, I would feel relatively confident. Do you know mm. what I mean? So, um, yeah, so and I, I think it's a roundabout way of saying get to the quarters for me. And then after that, whatever happens, happens, you know, depending yeah. on, on, and, on who and you could draw. Honest, to be honest, I think, you know, I don't know what it is, but I have a feeling that, you know, it, like we're ready for, to do some big things. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean 
going all the way and winning it and this and the other. But I think we can have some big European nights, you know, where we get to really celebrate and be joyful at the end. You know, that run in 06 was, um, I think it was quite unexpected at the time, you know, because, you know, even though Arsenal were a great team, I think we were all always, you know, one of the best teams in Europe. I think Europe was somewhere where we always got unstuck. There's, you know, losses to Galatasaray, losses to PSV, um, you know, losses to Chelsea, you know, and getting just not really, you know, it was a lot of flattering to deceive in Europe. And I feel like this season, the way that we are playing, it's a bit more serious. It's a bit more grown up. And it's a bit more, it reminds me of that 2006 um, run because that was the one time where we actually were really difficult to beat. You know, that run in the knockouts, we didn't concede a single goal until the final, right? It was really grown up football in saying that we are actually going to try and stop you from scoring and we're going to score one or two ourselves. And that's how we got to the final. It was one or two nil wins. Um, and that was all we needed. And I feel like this season, we are set up to play that way. And teams that get through the knockout stages, um, some have done it in, you know, different styles. Real Madrid, I think they rely on heritage. This, that, and the other. But you look at, you know, those Chelsea teams um, under, um, who was it? Uh, Di Matteo and um, um, Thomas Tuchel. You know, I think there have been comparisons to the Tuchel side, uh, the way that they started that season, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and this Arteta side. And you know, I think it's grown-up football. So you know, for me, I I predict that we might surprise people in the Champions League this season. I think that we could get to a semi-final, um, possibly even a final, depending on what the draw is. But I think we can take a big scalp in this competition. I definitely think that um, for sure. So you know, I'm I'm, I'm going into 2024. You know, touch wood. Um, hoping for the best, man. Hoping for the best. Yeah, fingers crossed, man. Um, Januga95, he says, how many tears did German Dan shed after the last two Kai Havertz performances? Him him and Archie are being absolutely disgusting <laughs> in the group chat. They're, they're, they're making me sick because they've ignored everything they've seen so far, but the two goals in the last two games... And and Shabs wants to give man an eight. Uh, do you know what? Yeah, they're all they're being nasty. They're being yeah, nasty. nasty stuff. But you'll have to ask him how many tears he shed. Yeah. This guy, he's he's traveling South America at the moment. He's in the desert. Life. Yeah, enjoying life. So you know, I'm sure he had a porn star martini ready to toast um, that Havertz goal. Um, Camtana twenty five. He asked, "Are we being too harsh on ourselves? Top of the table, won our Champions League groups, and have in have had injuries to key players." Our rivals have improved to lesser teams improving. Theoretically, aren't we doing better than last year? We're winning 1-0, not 4-0, and people are behaving like we're shit. I, I, think, I think because the, the quality of the football was so good, people just assumed um, that it would follow the same suit, myself included to an extent. But, but like you said, we always have to be wary that teams are going to adapt, teams are going to evolve which means that we have to evolve. You can't always do the same thing you did because teams are going to cotton on, right? It's like, take, for example, Zinchenko this season. Like, whereas before that right winger would follow Zinchenko in when he inverted, a lot of these guys, are they're passing him on now to like maybe whoever's playing as a second striker or a 10. So teams are adapting to us, which means we have to adapt again and we have to evolve. Like you said, with Pep, it's, it's an ever-evolving thing. You never always do the same thing because that's how teams become predictable, right? So um, it's something... I'm having to get comfortable with. I think just as a fan base, we have to get comfortable with evolving. 
Um, and that's just the reality of it. You know, whether what we've done will prove to be successful, time will tell. Do you know what I mean? But so far, like you said, I don't think you'd be, you, you can have slight concerns with maybe how we're attacking, but we're literally first in the table and we qualified from our Champions League group top with a game to spare. I mean, we don't really have that many problems. What we're talking about are real first world problems, isn't it? You're suffering from success, basically. Mm, 100%. 100% first world problems, man. 100% first world problems. Because I think, you know, if you look at it, statistically, yes, I think uh, some of the... I guess if you want to focus on the open play stuff, you can do that. But actually, if you look at it, if you score... Your first goal from a set piece because the other team has basically blocked out the box, stopped you from creating open play X XG, and you've got loads of corners as a result of that. And you make those corners pay. Why is that worse than breaking a team down from open play? Mm. Right? Because it's your threat and your ability to gain territory that has won you those set pieces in the first place, right? So I look at some of the penalties that we've won. We don't win them, you know, without having the build tilt, without having, you know, the the box entries and all of these other things that we're doing despite teams trying to, you know, block us out. And so I look at this and say, I think we scored 18 set-piece goals last season, including pens. We've already scored 14 this season. So that's a boost, right? right? Yeah, so when yeah. we're talking about our teams stopping us from playing, for me, that's already one solution that we're finding. So when you include the entire XG, um, I think, and then you look at, you know, XG differentials, this and the other, I think we're still third in the league in terms of the amount of XG that we've created versus um, the amount that we've allowed. I think just behind Man City and Liverpool, and it's marginal, right? So, you know, I see Liverpool have created five XG more than us, um, but we prevented five XG more than them. So that gap is, you know, it's very, it's very similar. So, it, you know, there's, there's a couple of ways of skinning the cat. And for me, I generally think, as I've said before, that our attack will improve. I just think, you know, we have, as as we mentioned, injuries, new signings. Like we've basically changed two thirds of the whole midfield, you know, for the entire season. Um, so, you know, you can't expect these things to not have an impact on how your team plays, how your team builds, how you create chances and all these things. So, you know, I generally think we're improved. And if you're able to do all of this that we've done so far, you know, and be top of the table, then boy, you know, I think when, was it Conte's final season um, at the start when they were like, oh, imagine if, you know, Arsenal looked like to have peaked. Yeah. Mm. And imagine if, you know, Spurs turn a corner, this and the other. And you look to all of Spurs' underlying metrics, they were terrible. You know, they were allowing like 60 shots, you know, a, a game and all of this stuff. Our underlying metrics are fantastic. You know, like we are literally not giving teams a sniff. We are winning most of these games on XG. We, you know, so we're, we're having shots and it's not like, you know, we're having two, three shots a game, scraping chances. We're still having 13, 14 shots in a match. We're still creating over 1.5 XG every game, game in, game out. Um, you know, so I'm looking at this and I'm saying, yeah, I do think what we are doing is sustainable and I think it will get better as well as the season progresses. So, you know, one to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Khalil HT3, he says Mbappe in January discuss. <laughs> Listen, do you know what? Do what you need to do, man to get him bro if you can get him there's no way do you know the funny thing is i, I used to pay a back not wanting him before but 
the reality is, bro, if you can get Mbappe and Mbappe wants to come, you have to try and work your way, whatever you... I mean, obviously, the financials of what he's earning, is it like nearly a million a week at PSG or something? Mm-hmm. That makes it, obviously, like 95% unlikely. But if there was an inkling that they could do it, boy, break your back, man. But, yeah, so... Yeah, if you can get that done, cool on the spirit of Arsene Wenger and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, done, yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't put any hope in that one, man. I wouldn't put any hope in that one. I think... He's had his heart set on Madrid for a long time. And also, if he does come, I just, I can't see him acclimatising to the way, like, obviously he's an elite player, one of the best in the world, future Ballon d'Or winner, all of this stuff. Fantastic, all-time player. My guy's got to do some defending, man. I'm sorry. Like, we're not going to, you're not going to beat Man City to a league if you don't work. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're seeing... All of the, I think you know part of the reason why they they've not done well in the Champions League. He's got he's got some blame um, to, to to attribute to himself, um, and he's going to need to you know I think be a bit more serious, um, really. And whether or not Arteta or whether or not uh, you know the team itself would put up with the ego and all of that stuff remains to be seen. But yeah, if I could bring Mbappe, I would bring him. I just don't think it's going to happen, man. Generally. Mm. Um, boom, 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 boom. Um, and I think there's oh, a few more questions. Okay, so I really do rage. He says, if we could get either Liao or Osliman in summer for the same price, who are you picking? Why is that? <laughs> it's an interesting one. It's a very interesting one. It's a very interesting one because. Are yeah. we linked to Liao? I don't think we're linked to Liao. I don't know where people mm-hmm. have magic that one up. But I could see it working for a couple purposes because he covers a couple positions, Liao, as well. Uh, but you could also argue we just need something different. We need a completely box presence like you've spoken about. So all that considered, I'll go for Osimhen. Mm. Yeah, I think... But I think Liao would be an interesting proposition if we could get him. What do you do with Martinelli if we sign Liao? you could play one of them up front. It's back to the, you know, we're talking about rotations mm. as well. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting proposition. And I I, I don't know. I, because, I quite because like Martinelli centrally. Liao's reinvented himself as a winger. When he was at Lille, when Pepe was there, Liao was the striker. So mm. it's uh, it's one to watch. One to watch. Um, yeah, that's but yeah, I would, I, would, I would go Osimhen first. But if you thought that, you know, you could get stuff out of Liao, the only thing I would say with Liao is that sometimes he can be a bit lazy himself. Yeah, um, very lately. Player, so Boy. But yeah, but he's talented. Very, yeah, talented. very talented. He's he's definitely got the ability to make something out of nothing. I think I'll yeah. take Osman, man. I think yeah. I would take Osman. I think he's just a bit of a force of nature player. You know, I think to be honest, I'm saying that, and I think Liao is that as well. But the intensity that you get with Osman is second to none. Really, he's a yeah. yeah, he's a tank. You know, um, and and yeah, I probably would take I probably would take him. Um, Okay, uh, Yonko Abs, shout out him. He said, heard, sh- heard shouts this week saying that we've been conservative in an attacking sense so far this season because we've had Champions League to deal with midweek instead of Europa. So there's hope, expectation that we go up gears in that department now as we've qualified. What do you make of this point? Uh... I can see I can see the relevance there because obviously it's more games 
you know, it's more games. Yeah. You do need to conserve energy. Um, you, you you can never play like if we're hoping to play like sixty games. You cannot play sixty games at like a hundred miles an hour. It reminds me yeah. of like you see Liverpool when they went like seventeen eighteen. The football they played was mad. Like it was similar to us. They got close to the title, didn't win it. But then eighteen nineteen, they were a bit more conservative in how they went about things, just because you can't be held to scale all the time. You can't like people are saying like you know, for example, with Saka that they don't think he's firing, but do you want Saka to be playing every game at full tilt? He'll burn out, which is what t- happened at the end of last season, right? You want him to be able to pick moments better, which is starting what he's starting to do, similar to Salah. Salah might have some quiet games, but Salah comes up with a clutch moment. And I think mm. Salah's, Saka's starting to develop that gene as well. So I would rather that, you know, sometimes it isn't always as flamboyant as, you know, you want it to be. But a lot of title winning teams are not, you know, they're... they're they're functional, methodical, and know when to speed it up and know when to take their foot off the gas as well. So that's important. Like yesterday, people were like, oh, second half was boring. I was like, well, yeah, we the first half was 5-0. Like, there's no need, like, you know, you know, we finished, like, yesterday's game, for example, with 43% possession. But that's very easily explainable, do you know what I mean? You're 5-0 you're up, you're not going to be sprinting as hard, you're not going to be forcing the issue. There's no need to, do you know what I mean? Mm. So... Yeah, this is no longer on you once you're freeing it up, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a good point, you know. And um, uh, really and truly, I think what would have been better is if we didn't have so many injuries as well, you know. Um, if Midbro had been fit, if Vieira had been fit, Jesus had been fit, if Thomas Party had been fit, um, you know, and all of these guys, you probably could have seen more, you know, free flowing football because players would be fresher. You know, you look at our defence, Ben White has played, you know, almost every minute. Um, Kivior, we've barely seen, but Saliba's played almost every minute. Gabriel's played almost every minute. You know, Rice has played almost every minute. Um, Saka, when he's been fit, almost every minute. Martinelli, he's missed games as well. Jesus, he's missed games. And so, you know, I think if you had more of a squad in those, you know, in these last three months, you probably would have seen more rotation and more... um, freshness in the legs so you know i do think that is a that is a, a fair point so final couple of questions here um from sam e underscore 91 said is yesterday's game evidence enough to suggest that arteta's attacking fluency issues were purely as a result of game state low blocks what weighting would you give this against general team performance e.g 50 50 game state personnel slash team form yeah, I think there's 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 a bit of both factors at play. What's the percentage? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I still think the onus is on us to be more efficient, to be more diverse in how we create. But yeah, game state and low blocks definitely play like game states definitely play a factor as well. So mm. I don't know, man. The waiting's hard to it's hard to say. Yeah, it's a difficult one because you know I think I would say maybe maybe like. 65-35, right? Okay. I'm like halfway between 60-40-70-30 because I think um, I think when we, we had these difficult games last season, right? We had them um, and they were tough even when players were playing well, you know? So I do um, want to put some, you know, strong, strong, strong bit on that, that, that playing well because Odegaard pulled us out of a couple of holes with some of these deep blocks, you know, away to Newcastle, um, uh, picking the lock against, um, you know, Man United at times, you know, away to Tottenham, um, party, long shot, 
against Tottenham at home, you know, to open them up, get them out playing and that kind of thing. So, you know, I think you do need personnel to get you out of some of these holes at times um, when they're, when the deep block is there. So, you know, I might say, yeah, I might say 60-40, the 60 being the game state, you know, that's always going to be difficult. We're always going to face them. But in the 40, you do need some of the quality to to step up and really make it count um, there. So I'll say 64. And then finally, like Mike196, so this is a good point as well that we didn't touch on from the Lons game, um, where it says, why do you think Arteta is reluctant to give youth players some trust minutes here and there? Surely Nwaneri and Miles Liskelly could have got a cheeky 5-10 minute run around in garbage time. Is it concerned long-term that he hasn't brought a Haylander through into the first team? I think Arteta is very much a stickler for seniority uh, and he would see it as ungiving squad players who need minutes and and I, and I get that point but I think he still could have given them minutes man like someone like Kivior definitely needed to play Ben White after his injury yet probably need and Nelson probably but actually I said I said Rice should have come off as well. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being hypocritical, but <laughs> but maybe we could find some somewhere to like give them like last group games a dead rubber. Surely, man. Like mm. you know, don't mean anything, man. But yeah, yeah, it's a tough one, I guess. Uh, a balancing act between you know giving minutes to squad players who need them, but then how often? What are you going to learn about certain squad players that you don't already know? Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. Not sure. Yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting one because I think the way I, I I definitely agree with you. I think certain man hundred percent needs to come on when you're firing a lot. Nelson needs yeah. to see pitch. Yeah. Kivio needs to see pitch. Um, and who else? Uh, ben White come back from injury yeah. needs to see pitch. Time for him to get some fitness. Rest players, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you know Eddie and Jorginho. I didn't like those subs really because it was just like they've started so many games. And yeah. I know that they're part of the squad, and maybe you and, and I get it. They, they they you probably have to justify it, like, oh, if you're Eddie, you're not coming on when it's five nil in the Champions League. I don't know how many minutes Eddie's got in the Champions League either this season. I don't think it's many. Mm-hmm. Jesus has actually started all of the games. So for him to then, you know, no, not play... not all of them. Jesus didn't start against Sevilla, but Trossard started that. So yeah, he hasn't okay. Eddie hasn't started a Champions League a game, which is interesting. So yeah, so he, I he league games. Yeah, so I understand why he comes on. Jorginho, he started quite a bit. Maybe he sees it as, you know, I'm going to rely on you. I need to keep minutes in your legs, that kind of thing. So I get it. But, you know, 5 nil up at half time, bruv. Like, bring on the 16-year-old, man. Like, it's just nice. You know, it's just nice. So I I, I would be very – I think it's minor disappointment yesterday. Obviously, 1-6-0. I'm not too fussed um, about it. I think I would be a lot more disappointed if – we don't see them in the final group game where it's a complete dead rubber. Yeah. I think that's the game where you can find people, you can find people for the squad. If those do come on and absolutely smash it, you know, yeah. maybe you found someone. Uh, maybe yeah. you don't need to send them out on loan uh, in January or anything like that or next season. You never know. Um, it's a shame for me that Smith Rowe and Vieira um, oh, this is, this is it. injured, you know, at a time like this where, you know, now we've got just games where you can play, show your stuff, prove that you need to be in the starting lineup and you're nowhere to be seen kind of thing. Um, and on the point around sort of Arteta not bringing players through, right? Like, um, I don't know if for the last three years we've had guys who can come in and really push. 
you know, I think when you think about it, who would you have wanted to come through that we, that hasn't, right? Balogun, you could say. Um, and I think circumstances have slightly, you know, taken that one. Maybe mm. Patino. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I think it's also a bit of a hard stick to beat him with because you're saying you want all these youngsters to play, but simultaneously you're saying that you want results, right, to shoot you up the lead, do you know what I mean? So it's. I think it's a lot easier also to blood. Like, when we were baking off in eighth, like, it was a lot easier to get, like, it was a lot easier to give Smith Rowe and Saka those minutes when we were like down in ape. Do you know what I mean? If we were challenging for the title, it was tough. Okay, for for for, for Smith Rowe, for Smith Rowe, sure. But Saka, but I mean, but I mean even not not even as a oh yeah yeah, like yeah, the yeah. pressure, yeah, the pressure him. exactly. The the yeah, he. Do you know what I mean? The, it, it was yeah, the pressure of getting results sometimes is why like you could say that, but like how many managers rely on youngsters in the Premier League? Because you just don't, because the pressure of getting results is key. Like, do you know what I mean? And I think sometimes, and even me who loves like some of the youngsters, but you need to understand there's a big jump from academy football to first team football. And there's an even bigger jump from first team football to competing for the major honours football. Do you know what I mean? Where you can't make mistakes. So, so yeah, it's a, but I also hear it because I want to see it's our heritage. Do you know what I mean? So I'm a hypocrite both ways. So yeah, I, I, I don't really know what the, the right the right answer is, man. So so yeah, mm. let's see. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it will be interesting. I do think those guys are going to be first team players. Yeah, um, I, I, I do. I, I think it will happen, and I think you know we might have to go down a more um, traditional development cycle for them, where you know maybe they make their first appearance in that last game they go on loan you know jack wilshire went on loan you know aaron ramsey went on loan um some of the you know best youngsters that we've that have come through they, they, they've been on loans you look at some of the um <laughs> the, the talents come through at chelsea they've gone on two three four loans you know and they've probably been you know one of the best teams at bringing guys through the academy etc um and it might be the case that, you know, we don't see them in the first team for a couple of years, but I don't think that's a problem. And I don't think that necessarily means that, you know, we need to like throw our toys out of the and they're not coming on now. Like 16 to 17 years old is very, very young in terms of football. And to be fair, I think, you know, in terms of what we've seen with Saka, you know, the development that we've seen with Eddie, like people don't even like Eddie as much as Arteta like seems to like Eddie, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm not too worried that, you know, the, the academy talent is not going to come through personally um so i think i think that time will come and i think they're good enough that their time will come as well so um yeah one to watch in terms of those two so shell we're going to leave it there thank you for joining me um i've enjoyed recording that first one back in a while um i'll try and be a little bit more regular in the coming weeks but we'll see um if management permits you know but, um, <laughs> <laughs> we got a new ceo my friend so yeah. you know there was an old I'm, ceo i was answering to and now yeah, we've got yeah. a new one she's been under uh, 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 new ownership under new ownership bro. <laughs> the guy the guy's running times already man so yeah. you know it is what it is but um we'll see we'll see how we go listeners thank you for tuning in um as i said you know we're always here uh, interact with you guys on the TL. So make sure you give us a follow at Touchy Gooners on all platforms. Follow the TikTok. Like if you're listening to this on Spotify, leave a review, five stars, all of that good stuff. Really, really, really helps the pod. Um, and um, if you're not 
yet, make sure you subscribe to the Patreon. We will be back for more player rating pods. We did miss the one against Brentford, but we'll be back for more player rating pods and other content, some scouting. Maybe we'll take a look at Victor Osman, some of these other strikers we've been tweeting about in the week, just for shits and gigs. Um, and we'll be sharing that wonderful content with you as well. So um, otherwise, I will leave it there um, and we'll catch you after Wolves. Gary O'Neill, I'm sorry. But you're going to hold something. Two, two, two. They've still got more than half an hour to go. Here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Sports Social Podcast Network.